notorious murders when you were growing up or anything? Well, I remember, I don't remember the man, an old man, Bill Warner. He lived, uh, well, if you went to Bear Track now and went out that ridge, back to the left, I don't know where it goes. He lived back in there, but from where we lived, down on, well, we called it Contrary Creek then. He lived down on the, on the hill from there. He supposedly, well, he did, kill his wife with an axe in bed. He, of course, he was crazy. And my dad was on the jury that convicted him. And when I was a kid and we lived up on Mount I used to wander back in those hills all the time. I knew four or five different ways to get from there down on Contrary Creek where we lived. And if I'd ever got lost, they wouldn't know where to start looking for me because I could have been anywhere in there. But anyway, when I was about 12, Mom said, um, well, you're going to have to quit getting out in the woods because he got out of prison. And he said when he got out, that he was going to kill Dad. So she was afraid I might run into him. So that ended my wandering out in the woods back when I was a kid. Hmm. So did they still have any of Neville's old scrapbooks down here when they moved? Over the lot from the library? Yeah. If you want to find something interesting when it comes to that killing stuff, dig up one of them old books. I've got three or four of them up at the shop. Or I've got 46, 47 maybe. But he went and pasted these stories in over the pages of these things. And you'll be amazed. You go back in the 40s there, you find out they had about as many shootings as they had numbers in the year. So, I mean, we talk about how bad and rough and everything people are now. But they didn't have one or two killings a year or something like that. They had 30 or 40 something. Yeah. Uh, they, a lot of people was killed in here in those days. At least according to Neville, they were. You know, I wasn't. wasn't well, I'm, I'm sure there was. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it surprised me when I started reading it that there were so many people killed in And I guess the most, uh, probably one of the most horrendous stories that I've ever heard. It was it take place out there right at the creek right there above the fall on Pedro's Fork and supposedly happened during the Civil War. Now you mentioned haunted houses and everything. This has got it all. There was a school teacher by the name of Richard Booth. He'd come off of Walker's Creek. What's his name? Richard Booth. And he Booth came or Booth? Booth, B-O-O-T-H. He'd come up off Walker's Creek and out there in that curve below my dad's place there with a little doctor's office that Harrison built there later. There were two or three little stores on saloon there. And he was in there and he got paid and he had a little money in his pocket. And he got him real cold and wet. And he just lived across the creek and up on the knob there, maybe three or four hundred yards there is his crow flies. And uh, when he left there, they were supposed to follow him out. A few minutes later, by they heard some gunshots down the creek down there. I and mean, you had to ford the creek. There wasn't no bridges, no none of this down there. And people rushed down there and they found him laying there in the creek and he'd been robbed. And they saw some people running off and one of them that ran off was a fellow by the name of Henry Wells. And he was with the Kentucky Home Guards there in Civil War. Well, the 
people picked Booth up and carried him up to his house. And as they went through the front door, they knocked on the front door, they carried him in the house, his wife went to screaming, they, one of them tripped over the door face and dropped the body on the floor, turned the cabinet and dishes over and broke them and they were screaming, carrying on all that stuff. My grandpa told me about this story and he said they actually burned that house down to get rid of the ghosts in there. Said every time on a late evening when it would be raining and said the blood would run red on that floor, you could hear that gunshot, you could hear the crack, you could hear the dishes breaking and all this. Well, that stayed with me, but not much. I moved away from here and left here for a while. And come back into here, Linda and I was after we, we got married. But by this time, I was all real fascinated with arrowhead business and all this. Nowhere in the field where that house sat, I was looking for arrowheads over on several occasions. I also discovered something else. There was a lot of melted glass in there, so obviously that house burned one time. No matter why it was burned, it burned. And, uh, I went uh, fishing one evening, and that day we hadn't been back here long, and uh, I'd left my dad's place down there, and went up Jock Pass, and he had a pond up the ridge up there, and, and I took, took my pistol, my belt, carried my fishing rod, and I went up to the pond, and I did real well. I was catching several bass, but it started raining pretty up, and it was getting up late in the evening. Anyway, I hated to leave. I was catching the dick and dog bass. Everywhere I went back then, I ran all the time. But I ran in 5K races and everything else where I ran. And I'd run off out that ridge and come down by there. And I hadn't even thought of this old house or anything in years and years. It was just before dark. And as I came down close to that old house, I heard a volley of gunshots down at the creek down there. And I thought to myself, I wonder what they had shooting at over there. But that'd be him or my cousin, one or the other. And uh, I even hollered out because I didn't want to shoot me coming in that direction. But nobody answered. And I got down on the bridge where that old house was. I heard a big crump and a crash and a scream. And I'm going to tell you something. I just kept picking up my feet and sitting there. <laughs> and when I got over across the creek, my dad had heard any gunshots. And uh, they knew nothing about it. And I had never told that story to anybody. So a couple of cousins of mine spent the night with Linda and I over one night. They kept looking at each other back and forth and all that sort of stuff. And after I got done, they said a very similar thing happened to them right after uh, they camped out over one night. They said they had to get up leaving. <laughs> now, here is the kicker for this thing. Those two people. Now, Richard Booth was buried up there in our family cemetery, around the far back side of the cemetery. Henry Wells was killed in a skirmish with Confederate Raiders earlier. They buried him in the same cemetery. And they buried him side to side. And nobody remembers which one's which. The two graves there. Everybody knows who they are, but nobody knows which is Boo, <laughs> which is Wells. That's a, That's a wonderful story. I love it. <laughs> but uh, you ought to write that one for you. Right, get that It's written. been written down. Yeah, I've so. read it before somewhere. Yeah, I love that story. Of course, I love... You know, Linda, I'm going to tell you something. There's a house right now. And I was told the other day that it was still standing. There's a house on the Illinois Little Place up there. If you want to hear boogers, we can go up there and raise them. 
All you gotta do is walk up on the porch, and if you don't hear them, just beat on the door, and they'll start knocking back at you. Okay. And I have crawled around in the attic of that house. I've crawled under it. I brought Ghostbusters from UK up there to look at that house. Larry Meadows and company. We went all over that thing. But if you don't hear the knocking when you get up there, you can get it started. Uh, Who owns that place now? I don't know. Uh, all I know is that always uh, heirs owned it, but they, many of them died off. I don't know who the. I raised the back down there for a long time. And Pearl Kincaid, Pearl. Well, what Pearl, Pearl will have a share in it, you know, she was always daughter there. Well, oh. she'd be the only one there. Her his wife. Her little wife is living, so. Are you talking about that uh, Mr. Little uh, Colonel or? No, 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 no. Noah worked in the oil fields for years, oh. and his wife, Bess, was downtown here one time. Somebody hit her with a car down there and cut her leg off. Oh, yeah. And she uh, hobbled around. She had her an old wooden leg. She'd come to town down here. Lord have mercy, Truman Collin, and see a bear coming. Her old man Gentry called. He'd go well, see a bear coming. She got Mr. Beach, And she, she, put, she would put... Uh, <laughs> powder, flour, stuff on her face and makeup and all that. Poor thing. She, and she'd stand there, Linda and I'd go down there to uh, take care of the tobacco. We'd raise the tobacco and all that. And she'd come out there and I mean, she was stand there talking like this. You'd walk on, we'd go down and work her and have the tobacco come up and she hadn't missed us. She's still going at you. Well, no way laughed at her all the time because she hobbled around on that old wooden leg. I mean, Dad, blame if he didn't have some kind of malfunction the lost one of his legs. I was down there one night, and uh, I got the tobacco stripped out, and I had it loaded up on the truck. I like one string of rope out enough to tie that tarpaulin down there. I asked Noah if he had any ropes around there anywhere or anything. And I'll get you one. He had this old crush. He went hobbling into the house, pulled out a big case of black, whacked off one of the cords of the Venetian blind. Well, that's that mess off, boy. She was getting him killed. Here he come out there, I think I went ahead and tied the tarp down. They got into it. They got to cussing one another. He, he grabbed up a tobacco stick, and here he went chasing them. Her hobbling on her old wooden leg, and him on that crush. I swear I'd like that right above yeah. He worked down in Fixer. He was a, he was a main man down in Fixer. Oh, he was? Yeah, he, he, yeah, he was up, in, up there in a bracket there. Yeah. Well, uh, about all of these kids work there except now Leslie, I don't think Leslie ever did. I dug Leslie's grave down there. There's a graveyard down there right past where the old house was. You go down toward the old house, the barn. But that house, there was a bunch of live down there. And we were raising the back of down there and I drew something out. I turned it into the health department down there and they thought they was a baby out of the well down there. And they was a family lived down there, and these folks were some cotton picking. Sorry, it's right out in the woods. They wouldn't even go out and cut wood. They tore the floor up, burned the floor yeah. in the wintertime. Right out. But they found up. oil on that place, yeah. on Noah's place. Well, there was cold right behind yeah. that house because I got down there there checking for Indian cliffs and stuff, and I found some pottery down there, but I also found vein coal under that cliff. Right there. And her, his mother, the the mother we're talking about, she was a booth. Hmm. I've never heard of these people before. Well, they got relatives everywhere. She would visit. Uh, they had relatives everywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, she was. She but was a character. But you can raise that ghost star if you want to hear it. But I like it. 
Huh? I raised Baca down there for them for a while down there. I always got along well with them and everything. They just, they, they just interesting old people. But you raise that ghost anytime you went down there. It wasn't a bit bashful if that was a ghost or whatever. We never go. I mean, we crawl around the attic. Linda's been down there, I think. And we've got another old house over in the woods there that got spooky carriage on there. Belonged to uh, my dad's aunt. And uh, Linda and I got up. We. It was in the winter time. We decided we didn't have nothing else to do. We were going to go learn how to old bottles. I was collecting old antique bottles. And I, I thought I'd seen some in the old house been abandoned. Oh, so it was about five inches of snow in the morning. It's a couple of miles back there to that house. We walked back there in the woods, and I had one of the best hunting dogs, one of the best watchdogs you ever saw in your life. And I went and emptied out a feed sack, a gunny sack. I was keeping cattle out and stuff. I had to move sacks where they something to carry the bottle with. Had my army and trenches to dig them out with. Well, we trot through the woods over there. They had about a soul stirred. Ain't nobody lives for miles back in there. Nobody. And we come up to the old house. I told them, let's go down here in the old outbuilding, blow the house here first off. We went down there, and sure enough, we found probably a half a gunny sack full of old antique bottles buried in the mud and stuff. We dug them out, put them in the bag. We went in the house, I said, I'm pretty sure there's more bottles upstairs. We'll go in there and look at the old house, see what all we can find. And uh, I owned a percentage of that house through my dad. He was there in that house. He gave me what he had in that thing. So uh, we went in there, and there was an old dining room table in there. And the house was double floored. It had an upstairs in there. And I set that gunny sack full of bottles on top of that table, laid my army and trench it too long. And old dog, he was just glad to get in and out of the weather, and uh, he laid down there on the floor and went to sleep right there with that table. Linda and I went up the stairs. We got up in the attic. We started finding old bottles and stuff, and I even found a newspaper that was still rolled up. It was an original, the Japanese bottle of Pearl Harbor. And we put it around there, and we were satisfied. We found everything, and I'd rock back down and get the sack, we'll bag these things up and hit them home. Well, I went back down the stairs, and uh, I got down there, and couldn't find my sack of bottles. Now, a sack of bottles makes more racket than a, a bunch of donkeys in a tin barn, you know. The shovel was laying there, the entrenching shovel was laying there on the table. The dog was still laying there by the table. There was no tracks. I walked outside, walked around the house, there were no tracks in the snow, other than ours. And to this day, we never found those bottles. I did find the sack. I started back up the stairs, I thought I must be losing my mind. I had to take those things upstairs or whatever. And I started up the stairs, and like I said, that floor was double space there. I heard a racket. I pulled a little flashlight I had shined back in there, saw a rat back in there. And I had a 22 pistol in my pocket, and I just happened to have that thing loaded with shot shield. I shot that rat. And after I explained to Linda what I was doing, I, I reached into the, got my tobacco stick, reached back in there, and uh, started dragging that rat out, and I seen something that didn't look right. And it looked like a gunny sack. And, I pulled it out there, and it was the sack that I had just emptied out. I knew it was brand new, and I knew the label and everything on the thing, so I just emptied it. 
And to this day, we've never found that sack full of glass bottles. Didn't find the sack. But uh, I love this. This ant, this ant <laughs> had a, a reputation of threatening to turn kids up the toads and everything else. When uh, my kids were going to school there, I had to actually go to the go to the sheriff and judge and stuff and complain. She was threatening to shoot the kids and stuff like that and go go by because she lived out there right below the old family cemetery. She had moved out to there. And uh, I would stop and ask her, it'd be raining or something. I'd stop and ask her if she want to ride. She'd spit at me because she'd carry on. This woman was 100 years old for heaven's sake. And, uh, That's a good story too. She was, she was a piece of work. But she had a reputation of doing strange things. So. But now uh, that's uh, is that house still there? Yeah, I think the porch is fell down in front of it, but the house still there. Last time I was there, now, I don't claim to know that there was any boogers there or anything else. I was told it like it was. That was there. I tell you, that's how it was. So it was pretty strange. You you can't explain everything that happens. 